Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 we believe this thing is more than the flesh we believe it's in the heavenlies and we believe that god's throne is in the heavenlies and that's where we go that's where we go so so not only that right so what i want you to see is that that impossible situations are only opportunities for God. But the second thing I want you to see is God does the impossible through his people in supernatural ways. And this is where the story gets good. Our life here on earth, you need to understand, needs to be lived in a way where we have expectancy that God is going to do the supernatural. Otherwise, you just have a form of religion. That's all you have. You have a place to go on Sundays. You have a book to read. You have people that you can gather with, and you can talk about God all you want, but do you live in faith that God can do anything? And that's what our life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a life that, that we live in expectancy. Next week, Chris is going to cover this amazing prophecy, and how God did it was he gives a dream to a pagan king, and he gives the dream itself and the interpretation to his servant Daniel in order to not only accomplish his purposes so that you and I can read it today, but also to bless others, which you'll see in a moment. But people are like, dreams? <laughs> Visions? You're whacked out, pastor. No, I'm not. God speaks in dreams and visions still today. Do you know in Joel chapter 2, listen to this, Joel, cha Joel chapter 2, verse 20, 29, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and the female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And we know today happens to be Pentecost. And we're dealing with dreams right now. Uh, that today we know that there's a celebration of when that prophecy of Joel was fulfilled because in Acts chapter 2, they bring up the Bible and interpret for us. Peter does, for these people are not drunk. As you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on the, my male servants and female servants in those days I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And Joel says this day is going to come and it came, day of Pentecost. But, but people are like, 
You had a dream and you say it was from God, you're weird. You had a vision? Here, let me give you the card of my psychologist. And, and we think it's weird. When God specifically says it's going to happen because do you really believe in the supernatural? Or do you believe in an idea of God? It's good for the family, you know, it builds up a conscience or whatever. No, it's not weird when God's people have dreams and visions. What should be weird if they don't have dreams and visions. When I was in uh, Thailand and we did a pastor's conference and a leader's conference, there was a pastor from Burma, which is a persecuted area. He was the first one in his um, village to get saved. And um, he has this dream. Nobody led him to Christ. He had a dream at night, and he committed his life to Christ in the dream. He woke up the next morning and says, man, I'm serving Christ. He goes to his mom. His mom beats him because they don't believe in Christ. They're, they believe in animism, Buddhism, and everything else. But, but when it comes to the true God, they don't believe in him. And so that didn't deter him. They locked him up for 30 days trying to get him to change his belief and that didn't do any good. He got out and he started a church and half the village now is baptized and believers. But see, he knew that God, how many people, you know, if he was sharing that in our church today or even if I just shared it, like I shared it right now, I just shared it, you're like, man, that's weird. You know, it's only weird in America. It's not weird across seas where people believe and God is the only thing they have. They don't have all the possessions of Nebuchadnezzar. They don't have all the amenities of the wise men. So faith is the key to accessing God's supernatural power. And I want you to see this because we're talking about access now, right? that you're talking about living in a natural world and you're talking about a God who does the supernatural through his people, now I want to talk to you about access. Because Daniel had access where the others didn't have access. Okay? Watch this. In their own words, in their own words, right? Verse 11. The thing that the king asks is difficult and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, what you're asking? Only the gods know this? And by the way, he's not, they're not personal. They're distance. They throw lightning bolts at people and things like that. When you get out of whack and you make sacrifices to appease them and all of this and on and on and on. But we don't have that kind of knowledge because we have no access. We have no access. Daniel would disagree with that statement. He would disagree with what they just said because there is a God who dwells among his people. And Daniel knew it even before the arrival of Christ. When you read the Old Testament, which Daniel had, you see in the, the Old Testament where God delivers his people out of their bondage to Egypt and he's taken them to the promised land. But they had to build a tabernacle. That's what God gave the plans through Moses. Now watch, in Exodus 29, this is what God says in verse 45 to 46. I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. 
And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Very different than what... The, the, the false gods can't dwell among the people because they don't even dwell. They're not even alive. There's demons behind them and spirits behind them, and that's what you're worshiping. Set a little statue on your dashboard or whatever, you're worshiping that. There was a point in history when God didn't dwell among his people in a tabernacle or the temple, but he came personally. And that's why in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Son, the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is the very opposite statement of those wise men, those enchanters, those sorcerers said, they said, this information belongs to the gods who don't dwell among flesh, where the Bible tells us something different, that our God is so personal that he dwells among flesh. How many know that today? And then when the Holy Spirit was poured up, not only does he pour it out, they, not only does he dwell among flesh, but he dwells in you. Take it a step further like that glory of God dwells in you. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in you. Is that not a personal God? As God's people, we're most blessed because God is that personal. We're called his sheep, we're called his children, and we have direct access to God, and it's got to be through faith. Jesus said these words in Matthew 17, verses 19 to 20, and I know people try and do things with scriptures to try and fit their intellect. But listen to this. Why could we not cast it out? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? They're talking about a demon that was in a little boy and they couldn't cast it out. He said to them, Jesus says to his disciples, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Good news is we can move Mount Signal over to America from Mexico. To... But it, see what Jesus is saying about faith? You and I belong to God, and we have access to God where nobody else does. Through Christ, in Ephesians 2, verse 18, it says, For through him, speaking of Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. In Ephesians 3, 11, verse 11 and 12, this was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. You have access to the God of the impossible. But real faith translates into action. James would say this, don't tell me about your faith, show me your faith. Because even though faith is something you can't see, faith is something you can see. You see it in your actions, right? So real faith translates into action. We're almost done here, so stay with me. 
Real faith translates into action. And Daniel's faith, you're going to see it right now, is translated into action. Notice what he does. First thing Daniel does, he recruited. He's got this impossible situation. He already put his neck on the chopping block. He, he told Nebuchadnezzar, look, I'm going to give you the dream and I'm going to give you the interpretation. So his neck is out there. And what does he do? What's his reaction? First thing Daniel does is he recruits. Look at verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Remember those guys? They were in verse 1. You can see them in, uh, uh, they're in chapter 1. They were in chapter 1. You can see them in chapter 3. When they get tossed into the fiery furnace, these were men of faith. Daniel knew who to go to in order to recruit. He says, this is big, and I've got like-minded people I can go to, and I can connect with them. That's what you have to ask yourself, too, you guys. Really, like, who's your go-to people? If you get in trouble... Or you're struggling with somebody? Who, who do you call first? Are they godly people? Are they people that believe that God can do the impossible? Are they people that believe like you do? That man, God can move mountains. If they're not, why do you go to them when you're in trouble? I'm amazed at how many people want to get married in church, but when they want to get divorced, they go to Caesar's court, not the church. Why is that? You have to have people that are going to pray with you, that are going to believe like you do, that are going to connect with you. That's who I go to. We face some situations in our life. You know, life has not always been smooth for us in ministry and things like that, but I certainly know who I'm going to go to. And I hate to say this, some of you I wouldn't. Because all I'm going to get is negativity and, and how, how big the situation is and how high the mountain is to climb. The people I go to say, Walter, God can move this mountain. And that's what Daniel's friends were. So Daniel recruited, but Daniel also requested. Look at verse 18. He told his friends to seek mercy from God the God of heaven, concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Again, that's how severe and serious the situation is. They bring up that they might not be destroyed. They go to God. They request it of God. See, if we can learn to call God before we call the doctor, do you know you don't even need cell phone coverage to call God? Do realize, maybe that's why some people strand in the desert without a satellite phone. They, they call God because he's the only one. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious without anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I don't mind that you go to people and, and say, hey, pray for me. And everything else. But are you going to God yourself? We've become too dependent on too much technology here, friends. This is why in villages you see miracles happening. Because they don't have what we have. And it's almost like Satan subtly shifts our dependency on that. 
Not saying there's nothing wrong with te technological advancement, but when you depend on that, rather than the one who revealed all that, there's something wrong. Daniel requested, then Daniel received. Look at verse 19. Uh, first part of that says, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision in the night. God revealed to Daniel this vision supernaturally. But he, listen to me, you have to receive from God. If you don't position yourself in a place to receive from God, you have to expect, that's what I'm talking about. Faith will believe that God will reveal. Doesn't the Bible say in James 1, in fact, it says that if we ask of God for wisdom, he'll give it liberally. Not the wisdom of the world, the wisdom that's supernatural. But he says he doesn't give it to people who are double-minded, who are unstable, who are wishy-washy in their faith. You have to position yourself to say, Lord, I'm going to receive from you. And when you receive from that, you have to respond well too. And we see that. So in Matthew chapter 16, it, Jesus even brings this point home that God is going to reveal things in the supernatural. He says to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Anyone can come up with an answer. But there's some situations that only God can give you that flesh and blood cannot obtain. But our Father in heaven can reveal it to us. And I work with people like that all week long. Have you prayed for something from God and then he, he gives you a word and you deny it? The next day you're like, man, I, I, people come to the altar. Man, God spoke to me. Then the next day something happens. As if I'm now in the material world again. Now in the world of science and technology and stuff and I don't know if that was God. I just read an article in Time Magazine about the brain and dreams. And what, really? Daniel received it, and the proof is that Daniel responded. Look at this. He first responds and responds in praise to God. Look at verses 19, the end of verse 19 through verse 23. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. That's the proper response to anything God does in our life. It's first to praise him. Uh, then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, watch his prayer, how detailed it is. It's not like it's some general thing of a God out there in the universe. He gets real specific. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you for you have made known to us the king's matter. Talk about a man in his prayer life, his relationship comes out with God, doesn't it? You ever been in a prayer circle? Like, you know, I've been in a prayer circle in the Philippines or, or Thailand, or, and you're there praying, and all of a sudden somebody opens up in prayer, and halfway through the prayer I'm saying, man, am I even saved? 
Because, man, their prayers are like they just came out of the throne room of God after three or four hours, like Moses from the mount, and their faces glowing. That's what Daniel's prayer did for me when I read it. He then responds, and watch this, by becoming a channel of blessings to others. This is important. Verse 24, therefore Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation. I want you to see this. These wise men will become his enemies in a later chapter. But Daniel knew that they weren't on the same page with God as him. He knew that they lived a pagan lifestyle and they were into idolatry and idol worship and all of that. And Daniel's the one who saves their life. Our prayers are like, Lord, destroy the Democratic Party. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lord, destroy the Republican Party. I'm going to tell you, there's a third option. Third option is not Democrat or Republican, it's God. You see what I'm saying, friends? Daniel could have let them have it. He may have been tempted. Man, if those guys are wiped out, my salary's going to go up, and you know I'll have a bigger house and a nicer car. They just need to be removed. No. And you know, as a result of that, their families didn't have to go through funeral services. It wasn't just the wise men that would have been destroyed. What do they, their children do? What do their spouses do? What do those closest in their life do? Daniel became a blessing in saving them. This is what I'm talking about. Sometimes God's people in Babylon have all the wrong attitude. We don't believe God can do the impossible. We want to go out and we want to street brawl ourselves. We want to say, let's go to the back of the alley and I'll show you what manhood's all about. Instead of praying, instead of understanding that those, do you realize that the wise men that showed up to worship Jesus, they came out of Babylon. Listen to me, and maybe I'll get into that. I don't have time today, but when they came from the east, this is where they came. There were 350 miles east, and they were astrologers. Where did they know about Christ? Daniel was the one who influenced. He's the one who brought the scriptures there. He was the one who became the radiating testimony to so many of these. That's how God got into Babylon. And then when at the birth of, the, of Christ, it was them Gentiles from then Persia. They come over and they begin to give him gold and um, frankincense and myrrh. They worship Jesus. That influence started way back. Hundreds of years before, through Daniel. It's where the light broke through. Do the study on your own. I don't need to get into it. Go, go, go to Google something like, where did the wise men come from? But make sure whoever's answering that. <laughs> Google the internet scholarship of the day. So he responds in praise to God. He responds by becoming a channel of God's blessings. And this is it. And I'll close. He used the situation to point people to God by giving him the glory. Look at verses 25 to 28. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles 
from, look at Ariok's trying to take the credit. Isn't that just, I have found among the exiles, wanting to give favor with the king, uh, a man from Judah, a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, no wise men, watch this, he doesn't even, he deflects all glory. No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked, but there is a God in heaven. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977